Hey, y'all. I'm Zio. I'm M. And we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you very much. If you like what you hear, consider supporting us on Patreon. We're on Patreon as Fic Fans with a Z. You should give us tons of money. W- or none. No pressure. Give us all. Anyway, enjoy the program. Thank you. Hey, guys. What's up? This is Fiction Fanatics, and this is this is going to be a weird episode, folks. It's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. So, um, regular introductions for once. Um, I'm Z-Yo. Nice to meet you formally. And this is M-Yo. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, um, we're not going to do our traditional format the whole do a little bit of background jatter ha 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 opening joke and then just ramble about a movie nope we're just gonna kind of give a preview on this movie since it's a little bit newer a pre-review um like you said new format we don't know if it's gonna be a permanent format or how much we'll be able to do we were only able to watch this movie because there was basically an empty theater for us to go to there were like one or two other people really in the theater and so we could have all the social distancing we, we needed. needed yeah but yeah maybe when movies start being more readily available in safer environments we'll do this again but for right now this is a test if nothing it's a else. trial period we'll see we'll fucking see how this goes see how the audience reacts yeah so any feedback you want to give us go ahead um if you listen at the end we have a email tumblr twitter uh we're never active on it, but we actually have a Instagram. Instagram. If we got more things there, we might try to be active. Let's see if we get anybody. Let's <laughs> see. Yeah. So anyway, today we are talking about The Crudes, A New Age. The sequel to the original Crudes of 2013 fame. So we'll just get into, not background, our background, but the film. The like, film background. A little bit of background. Um, this is a DreamWorks film, which makes it a universal film. Which makes it a Comcast film. Everyone's favorite companies. Yeah, yeah. Don't you love that all entertainment is being consolidated together underneath phone and cable companies? Uh, such a world we live in. Such the best. And we've got a few notable actors in here. They like to fill these films with them. We got the main dad of the Crude's family, Grug, as Nicolas Cage. We have Eep, which is the daughter of Emma Stone. We have the human, so we should mention that the crudes are cavemen. Cave yep, the crudes are cave people. And we have a homo sapien named Guy, who is voiced by the Ryan Reynolds. The Ryan Reynolds. Um, oh. We have Ugga, the mother character of the crude family, of Kathleen Keener. Then we have Cloris Leachman, who plays the grandmother, known as Gran of the crude family. And Clark Duke as Thunk. And then we have not very much voiced... Sandy, because she's mostly grunting. Yeah, and say Sandy's the little girl sister of the Crudes. Yep, and we have a few brand new characters because we it's part of what this whole movie deal well, is. I, I think you're missing one and very important character. Who am I missing? You're missing the sloth. I guess I'm missing Belt. Belt is a sloth worn as a belt, played by Chris Sanders, or he's sometimes like listed in. Credits as Christopher Sanders. His full name, Christopher Sanders. Yes. I'm sorry. Anyway, but as part of this movie's plot, and we're not telling you too much more than what the trailer is, we want to try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible for once instead of... Just saying the whole story in one go. Yeah. We're doing this as spoiler-free as possible because it's a brand new film. But, like, the trailer says a lot of this, so... The trailer gives away a lot of this movie. Yeah, maybe don't watch the trailer, but... I didn't watch the trailer before this, and I 
it surprised me a lot more than it would have if I did watch the trailers. Mm-hmm. So, but we get three new characters because our family of crudes, after surviving all the stuff in the first movie, surviving in the wilds of the world. Yep, and growing together as a pack, need three new Homo sapiens. The f- new family, the Bettermans, which consists of Hope Betterman, Phil Betterman, and Don Betterman. Played by Leslie Mann, haha, Peter <laughs> Dinklage, and Carrie Marie Tran. Um, and the whole deal is that like these are two very different families. They have whole different lifestyles, and there's the culture clash, and that's a lot of the movie. And I say it's very much culture clash. Uh, say accepting people for who they are and finding the nice middle ground between compromise. What... It's a great theme of the film. Um, and now that we have all that background out of the way, what are your thoughts on the film? I, I really liked it. I say it was a very good family picture. I would say it was better than the first. Yeah, the first, um, I think, had two, like the first had some rare moments of brilliance where the comedic timing and the jokes were just perfect. But punched. But a lot of it was like, oh, this is like Flintstone style. Ha ha, everything's modern except rock. I get it. They use a bird as a telephone. Jokes yeah. like that. Not quite as overt as the Flintstones Flintstones. were. They didn't have, like, rock records played by parrots. You didn't have the parrot then look at the screen like, oh, man, this job sure is a trash job. Stage laugh. Yeah. No, it's a little bit better. But, like, they named... I'm trying to think of a good example from the first film. Well, like, how in this movie they still... They use the cat as a like motorcycle or means of transportation. And sometimes he's a minivan and sometimes he's a motorcycle, depending on what the scene needs. Or the joke when uh, they're riding is it purrs. Yeah, and it's listen like, to this baby purr and they're riding it's this It's literally saber, a cat. This rainbow saber-toothed tiger-looking thing. He's from the first film, so I, I'm very comfortable talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, But like earlier, it was like a minivan when the entire family was on it and... Grug said, I will turn this cat around because ha-ha, caveman family. I get it. Or, you want to jump those chickens? And like, yeah, like it's a stunt bike. Oh, man. It's... Or like, yeah, there's this really neat scene where it's like girls rebelling. I see. Her, her, the homo sapien, the human girl, Dawn, mm-hmm. is overprotected by her mother and the father's just kind of there. Yeah. So, Eep, Decides to help her out and let her get out and have a little bit of adventure in this. Yep. And they have this scene where they take the cat out for a joyride. This is your cat? Nah, it's my, my dad's. dad's. Like you're borrowing your dad's bike and just joyriding. I will say one thing this movie did pretty well that I think a lot of movies have is actually having good running jokes. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of... A lot of animated family films have like, oh, hey, it's that running joke, and it's maybe funny once, but they try to go for the rule of three, and it's like, no, that joke worked once. But all the running jokes they had throughout the film really were good. I thought they were spot on. Like, the the heads of past said phrases rolling around like, oh, man, this is so dumb of me to say that. Or the uh, the sleeping pile joke that they did a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So the humor was really good. Um, this film has a lot of what I like to call absurdist humor, where it's just, this is so ridiculous, I just can't help but laugh. And I'm just glad it's it's so absurdist, but it's just not so out of left field that it's just 
kind of yeah. stupid funny. It's not it's like, not, oh, hey, we're on screen. Oh, gah, blah, gah, blah. Oh, man, yeah. that was so it's funny. It's not baffling and incomprehensible, but it's still like, ha, this is surprising and weird, and I love it. Yes. But it, there's also quite a few witty jokes, some nice uh, playing with words, with old-timey words and blah, blah, blah. There, I still love the, uh, the comparison between a window and... And television. Yeah, like they, the, these cave people have always lived in caves, so they've never seen a window before. And uh, Thunk gets addicted to the window. Gets addicted to the window when basically seeing anything through the frame as a form of entertainment. Yeah, and it gets so bad that eventually he gets a portable window about the size of, say, an iPad. And he watches his portable window. Wherever he goes, aka just the world he's been looking at the whole damn time. Yep. Um. We do, like we said, we don't want to spoil too much of it because this really is a really good. It's a really good movie. I will say there is some very good music. It's not all original, but it's very well put. Yeah, the background music was spot on. They had a few songs, and there was a f- original song in I it. There I said not all original. Yeah. They had one original song, and the rest of them were... They used I Think I Love You twice, but by different singers. By different singers and for different situations. And different people. <laughs> Which was perfect the second time. Yep, and it really does show two fairly believable families, even if they weren't ancient cavemen and early homo sapien. Like... I, I could see both these dads in the film. I have met these people. Just these are very relatable and very realistic. Uh, like, the Bettermans feel like that one rich family that goes to a public school and doesn't like their kid interacting with the not rich people, but don't want to seem like a racist. You're very, you're being very uh, giving, calling it a public school. I think should be a very Catholic private school kind of. <laughs> um. Actually, yeah. It's. This is like the Catholic private school girl who, like, because her who dad is not moved, allowed to go outside. Yeah, and she meets like the public school family who loves to have fun, and she can actually have some of her own damn personality. Mm-hmm. But and they also ditch a lot of the cliches. Oh, I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy about that. Like, um, a lot of the character resolution. There's still story resolution to happen, but a lot of the character resolution actually happens midway, like at the early part of the third act. Instead of, like, at the end, like, when everything's wrapping up. Yeah, right at the end, like, oh, we just had this big feud, but right before the credits roll, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Or, like, right before the big Titanic set piece. Yeah, the big climax. of. But, no, they do it fairly early for a film, and then they still, like, the story isn't over, and there's still a story climax. But in a lot of ways, and for good reason, the emotional climax is a little bit earlier and i appreciate that and i did like how some like the little kind tiny climax between certain parents and certain people kind of got resolved in different parts yeah it wasn't all at once it wasn't like we went through this experience together and now we're all to good no it was individuals realizing we all have stuff to learn and there is a middle ground but that middle ground isn't always exactly in dead the center it might be a little more this way for these two and a little more that way for the other two. And when it is compromised, it's always not like, oh, the humans are always right. We should always compromise towards their sin. Like, no, sometimes the sleeping pile is better than sleeping in private. Or uh-huh. and, for, and sometimes the civilization we build causes more problems than it solves. It's, I, it's really good in a lot of regards. 
as it's not saying compromising one way is the f- final resolute way. Mm-hmm. And like while the Bettermans are the antagonists for a fair part of the film, they aren't the antagonists. They're not the bad guys. They're misguided, misguided idiots who, unlike in real life, realize their mistakes in a good way, in a believable way, in a very believable way. You know, they're very forced into. <laughs> yeah. They are forced into situations they are not comfortable with, and a lot of their regular solutions just will not work as well without some modification. And say because most of the time, whenever they confronted something, it was, oh, let's either ignore it, like the father does with a certain two other people he does in the movie, mm-hmm. or nothing. Or passively, aggressively kind of lean it away. Just like, oh, you should leave, or, oh, this thing is attacking I'll just do this and then make sure my family doesn't know about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I do appreciate it. And I'm always big on in family slash children's films to show good conflict resolution and good, like, stuff you should want to see in real life. Because while we don't always want to admit it, the what we show to people does affect them. If we always portray such and such as the bad guy, even if, like, they're not in real life, then that mindset gets stuck in our heads. By showing these two very different cultures how they can mesh and create something a little better, it is nice in a children's film. It is very good to have. Uh-huh. Um, while a nice the hero is the hero and the villain the villain story is nice, it is also good to see these real-life things kind of. Because everything's not black and white. Everything isn't black and white, and these shades of gray are good to show kids in a safe environment. Wow, this is way more thought than we put in our normal podcast. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, this is... This is pretty thought-provoking. Yeah, I don't mind this format at all. It's definitely never going to be as long, unfortunately. See, but it kind of gets straight to the point without too much sidetracking. Yeah, so we tried to to make this over 15 minutes, and we're about there. So I guess we get... There's only one thing we really have left to do, unless... Do you have any more thoughts? Um, Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to say they could have worked on? Oh, here's... I will say... Um, this franchise has a thing about not making things s- familiar but not real necessarily, and it kind of bothered me that they had a real fruit, the banana, the banana. So because like they have all these fake species and like rainbow watermelon, but then they just had regular ass bananas. I will say one thing you liked, one thing you did not like. So. One thing I really did like is I loved just all the, oh my god, this is so ridiculous, I love it moments. Because there are so many in there. I belly laughed quite a bit. I say, we we chuckled very much at this movie. Yeah. As for something I didn't like, um, I didn't appreciate when a character's arm turned an unnatural color. It kind of weirded me out more than it was ha ha ha. Yeah, that was more like a gross out kind of moment. Yeah, it wasn't terrible, but it was still kind of like... What about you? I still really liked the humor. I see. Like I said, the running jokes did really play a good, a good bit of this. The one thing, kind of a spoiler, I didn't really like the really short joke of the Betterman's dad kind of weaponizing the monkeys. It was just kind of like a two-second joke and then dead. Like, yeah, he did it like a couple times, but like there was no really 
like bad reaction. It was like, oh. Yeah, he did a really shitty thing, and there wasn't too much consequence to that really shitty thing. Like, I feel like they could have like expanded the joke a little bit more. Or at le- or even just punished him a little bit. Yeah. Made, even if it was a funny punishment, but... But no, it's just like, oh, like, spoilers. He tries to make a spear and fights off the punch monkeys, but and then they just make spears too. Because he, he makes a torch, then they just steal the torch from him. They try to tie him up in a knot. He just shows them how to make a knot. But, like, the only thing that's wrong is that they don't have the torch or now they don't have spears. or And they don't – and there's not really any consequences to these actions because eventually they get out of the knot. The spears are never used on them. They never get burned. It's it, just – It just seems like they could at least, like, thought of the joke a little bit. I, like, that's, like, a very hard – like, a very slight nitpick. Yeah, this is, this is nitty-gritty. It's just a really missed joke opportunity. Uh-huh. So I guess final thoughts are, should they watch or should they not? I would say a definite watch if you like comedy. Yep. I would maybe say the caveat of since the world is on fire, you can probably wait till it's on. You could probably wait until it's digital. Till it's a home release of some kind. Digital, DVD, your preferred streaming service, whatever it's on. Like You don't need to rush to the theaters to watch this unless yeah. like... You have enough room to social distance, wear yep. a mask, all that good jazz. Yep. Again, we went to like the latest show at a tiny hometown theater, so we managed to get a mostly empty theater. I kind of am surprised they're open at all, of how little the traffic they must be getting. I say they must be getting some. Tra- I mean, they have. They to have, have had a lot of local support with this whole ordeal going on, which I'm very glad. Yeah, because I I don't want to lose our town theater. It's only like three screens. That's almost nothing. So always support local business. Always support local businesses. Especially um, in these times. So yeah, this has been our new format. It's, like I said, been a little weird. It's still kind of working on it. If there's something that you think really didn't work, go ahead and tell us. So just give us your thoughts. See, we won't judge. See, we'll probably try to work off them. Yeah. Even if you just want to call us shit for brains, well, go for it. See, we'll take positive, constructive criticism, too. Yeah, it would be nice if we got positive constructive, but we'll get we'll take what we can get. I'll take negative constructive if I need it. Yeah, and, <laughs> a, any interaction would be nice. <laughs> we appreciate the views, though. We do, and we hope you enjoyed listening to this somewhat different episode of Fiction Fanatics. It's been real. Adios. Peace. Well, folks, wasn't that another swell episode of Fiction Fanatics? If you have comments, concerns, or just want to say hi to our lovely hosts, you can find them on Tumblr at Fiction Fanatic Podcast on Instagram at Instagram.com slash FictionFanatics, and on Twitter at FictionFanatics. Or you could email them directly at FictionFanatics at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful evening.